pull up a chair, get yourself a drink, and welcome to the familiar Cat and Crow. I am your host, Caleb Littleton, and let's talk about RPGs, shall we? Well, it's a slow news week, but we do actually have some news on the business side of RPGs for once. White Wolf has announced that there there will be an equivalent to D&D Beyond for its game. Games called World of Darkness Nexus. I haven't touched it and haven't played a game of World of Darkness since before the pandemic. But maybe it's good. Who knows? I don't know. I really don't plan on subscribing to another service like this. Partially because, like I said, I haven't played World of Darkness for a bit. There's also the real fact that currently it's only for Vampire, the Masquerade, Werewolf of the Apocalypse, and Hunter the Reckoning. Which I play one of those. So what am I going to do with the service? Unless it's another excuse to sell me books I already have. Even though I don't have them for most of World of Darkness. Oh, well. Short new segment this week, so let's get into the real meat of today's topic. There have been a lot of games made need to be played tabletop. Usually... They are made specifically to be played tabletop. But a lot of companies have licensed out their own RPGs based on their intellectual properties. And that's what I'm here to talk about today. The highs, the lows, and the weird decisions that were inspired by this idea. The first... the most recent one of note what was the announced Avatar The Last Airbender one, which I believe is working through Powered by Apocalypse. It's an interesting concept for one, but I don't... But I have reservations about Powered by Apocalypse just on instinct at this point. Powered by Apocalypse is an interesting idea for a low-dice, low-rolling system. But I don't like being told, hey, you can only do this. But if I want to do that, yes, I am that person. But Avatar, it's a system that definitely, it's a world that has enough of meat for something like that. Yes, you've got dozens of, you've got two fully fleshed out eras you can play before, you can play after. Who knows what you can do with it. I'm not quite sure I, I'm on board with it, but I'll give it a shot if only because I've been itching to play Avatar in some form. Um, for a while. And if you're talking about licensed RPGs, there's one you have to address. 
the big Lucasfilm elephant in the room. Let's talk about Star Wars. I don't want to talk about Star Wars, but I can't not talk about Star Wars for this. So, Star Wars has done many, many games, games and RPGs. Fantasy Flight is the most iconic of them, and it's D&D with new skills and classes. I have played it once, and the system was fine. I had a bad experience with the dude running it. Where, where The one reason I'm really hesitant to talk or think about Star Wars anymore is quite simply... The last time I did anything Star Wars related. Okay, so there are three classes of Jedi that essentially map out to the standard rogue fighter wizard template from Dungeons and Dragons. And as it turns out, the movies have had examples of all three of these with the leads. We had a new Jedi character at the table, and, and the players were trying to explain the concepts of these three classes to them using the characters. The example, the typical and probably expected example is Anakin is the fighter, Luke is the wizard, and Rey is the rogue. Except when I uttered the word Ray, this was through Skype. The DM screamed in my ear saying, no! Oh, and then proceeded to, talk, to yell and scream how she doesn't exist. And the sequels are the worst thing to happen to Star Wars. And I finished the system. Um... After he finished ranting and claiming that Obi-Wan was somehow the rogue, even though he's the fighter, later I finished playing the session and made an excuse to stop playing that game. And I hadn't thought about playing or watching anything Star Wars related since outside of the fact that I... Jedi Fallen Order, because now the Star Wars fandom is just that. Whiny man boys yelling about how there are girls in the Force now. Ooh. Uh, but but it's not that she's a girl. No, no, no. It's that she's a... Uh, I don't even know. Because a lot of these idiots like Nicolaia, so I don't fucking know. Star Wars it has had several iterations with the tabletop RPG by Fantasy Flight being the one that predates a lot of the extended universe, which is not nice and interesting. Uh, it got supplanted with is something a little more a little closer to 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons right around the time the prequels came around with which meant that suddenly new ideas were replaced with ones from the movies, including the fact that you could play a Jar Jar Binks. 
And I don't know why you would ever want to do that, but you can do it. And then, and like clockwork, when the sequel trilogy came out, a new game box was created to try and bring it together. I can't remember who did the blank of blank ink Star Wars books. Uh, I've seen them played through, and they're pretty interesting. And all told, I get immediately worried whenever you have to buy specific dice for something. And I don't know. It's it's an interesting idea to make it kind of more flexible. And I do like that. But as I've mentioned, my ability to stand Star Wars has been so poisoned that I just can't bother anymore. <laughs> it. It's not Star Wars's fault. I know. It's the fault of the idiots pl- it's playing the game. And also you know, the fact that Kathleen Kennedy he couldn't put together a consistent trilogy didn't help. But let's pre- but let's not pretend that the prequels were good either or some parts of the original. Anyway, let's let's move the hell on from Star Wars. Is there are way more interesting things to talk about here? Now, when you make a tabletop RPG based on an intellectual property, you need a property where you can do a lot of things and do something interesting outside and of just copy the original work. You know what? Du- does that really well and really, really cleverly? The Doctor Who game. Doctor Who, for those that don't know, is the long-time I'm a legacy sci-fi series from England and about a time-traveling alien in, in a blue box and he is one to three companions. It fits quite well for the idea of yeah, of a tabletop RPG. Especially since the entire conceit of the show is, hey, every week we're going to go to a new point in time and space and do a thing involving an evil monster alien. Sounds interesting. The one hiccup would be that the Doctor doesn't really fight. They're a pacifist. That said, that's where... Or the Adventures in Time and Space. This game does something really interesting with its initiative system. Instead of rolling based on numbers or anything like that, it's based on the action taken. The first people to move are always those that are running. Then the talkers. And then the fighters. Meaning that if you or characters just want to get the hell out, you can you want to talk the alien down, you're next in line. And if that doesn't work, then the monster truck has to kill you. It makes a weird kind of sense. And Doctor Who is a game with so many aliens and planet. It's already established that you can just run around and do whatever you wanted. And that's just wonderful. 
there is nothing stopping you from fighting Daleks in ancient Rome. Now, there might be some continuity things you got to work it on, but, well, that's the problem with Doctor Who. There's so much of it that continuity just doesn't make sense anymore. Ah, well. Now, let's talk about something else that has a lot to talk about in the way of continuity. HBO... Those once famous series, Game of Thrones. George R. R. Martin has been very public about the fact that he loves tabletop RPGs. So the fact that A Song of Ice and Fire has an RPG is not shocking at all. And the wonderful thing about it is that the guidebook look for the series... Or the tabletop RPG functions as one for the series. So you can learn all sorts of new things about how oh, bastards are named, how oh, the kingdoms work. It's wonderful. And you could set it basically everywhere here in the series. I can't remember much of the rules, but I remember them being extremely complicated so maybe that's a turnoff for some people but not everything is high fantasy and that's where an interesting concept comes into play let's talk about a major franchise that that really wanted to be it that people really wanted in this space, and then problems arose. Frank Herbert's Dune. Long live the fighters! Dune is a sci-fi epic about oh, men who could, and think like computers, women who are basically psychic, sand people, and of course, giant worms. It's a wonderful I- Wonderful plate is to set an RPG system. Um, and a couple companies agreed. One of which decided to make it with the permission of one of the members of the Herbert family. And then the Herbert estate, after it was made, decided to pull the plug. Wizards of the Coast eventually bought it out. But I'm fairly certain it's still not legal to sell, which is a really interesting and weird topic. Because what if it's already made? Why pull it off the shelves? The argument was that Herbert wouldn't have wanted it, but it was made with the consent of one of his sons. So why not? So let's talk about, let's go to one that was chosen because the the creator absolutely loved it. And is also one of the main reasons you'll ever play Fate. Let's talk about the Dresden Files. The Dresden Files is an urban fantasy series about wizards in modern times, fairies, vampires. There's 
all that good stuff. And, and fate has a game system for it. The fate system operates on basically you creating aspects for your characters, which are essentially little sentence fragments that say something positive and negative about your character. You can invoke look, one of those aspects to make your role a bit better. Better using what are called fate points. Or the DM can look at you and say, hey, that, that vampire is going to kill a little girl and your aspect say that you can't let that children be harmed. Are you going to let that happen? At which point you either have to spend a fate point to ignore it or do what, what your character would and take a fate point. It's a great idea for how to run a character-driven story. They also use the fate refresh system to basically charge you for your powers. Human characters don't spend much at all all of their fate refresh on powers, so they can just go as much as they want. But if you want to be a wizard or if you want to be a vampire, you're going to burn a lot of fate points just to do the, your basic powers. And that's fine, because as you can still throw fire, you just can't fuck with fate as much. And it's an interesting concept. There is, however, as someone who played it and ran it, a serious issue, and that's the combat sucks. Combat is so bad in Fate. I I know Atomic Robo also did something with this, and I hope Atomic Robo fixed it. The problem with Fate's combat is that instead of a health pool, you have stress. And attacks can deal stress. Problem, you only have like seven stress, maybe. But how do you survive combat? Well, you take complications. And the complications are are things like, oh, I broke my ankle. Oh, I, I have a headache. Oh, my hand's on fire. Stuff like that. Things that will heal over time, which is an interesting idea. But it also makes what could be way more fluid if you just had a pool of hit points way more cumbersome as you get, um, especially with aspects in the mix. As another thing is, you cre- can create conditions by saying, "Oh, I froze the floor. I'm going to tag that aspect." Just why can't we just have conditions like normal? Things, I don't know. Ugh. Usually, a, a story for this has to be something grand and, and masterful. All that large scale. And then there's Leverage. Leverage is a TV show that, you know, where five criminals pulled off heists to steal from the rich and give to the poor, and also bring the poor to justice in their own way. You wouldn't think that would 
and work for an RPG, right? And yet it does. Because Leverage has a really interesting character creation system. In Leverage, there are five roles, essentially, which are established in the opening. There's the mastermind, the grifter, the thief, the hitter, and the hacker. So, at character creation, you pick what your what your main role of the five is. Is let's say you wanted to be the thief. And then the other people around and then in order to finish building your character, you run through your first heist together. And the other players get to say, "Well, it seems like the second thing you'd be really good at would be hitting things." But but they also get it to choose what your weakest skill is. Well, you can't really act, so you're really bad at being a grifter. And that's how your character is decided and built. It's wonderful. It's a clever idea, and it lends to some great char- character building. Sadly, it's no longer distributed and legally, and legally which saddens me a lot because I very much want to play this and it might not not happen because, well, the license expired. On the flip side, let's talk about something that is very expansive and it's a problem. Lord of the Rings. You'd think it would be a great story, right? One problem. Evil is vanquished at the end and the, the trilogy, all of it. So unless you're doing the ring, story of the ring again, or you're doing something before the ring, what are you actually doing? There's not much story there. Why bother? It sounds like it's a great system, but... Quite frankly, it's a story that was meant for two books, technically four, or, and it works really great. For the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings trilogy, everything else, not really. Another modern fantasy one that I really dislike on principle I've not read through the book, but the concept bugs me. So I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer as much as anyone. Buffy is a good show. There's a problem with playing a Buffy the Vampire Slayer RPG. Because why do you want to play a Buffy? Clearly, you want to be a slayer, right? You want to be the chosen one who's got badass superpowers and can kill. Well, vampires, there's only one slayer at any given time. And until, well, the final season changed that, but by having all of the potential inheritors of the slayers become slayers, there's, there was only one person that got to be the special. And everyone else was just kind of there. Like, yes, Angel didn't have any specials, which made it work better. You could be a vampire or just 
someone who was very good at fighting vampires. And that could work, I guess, but why bother? If I'm playing Buffy, I want to be Buffy. But only one person at the table can be Buffy. So it's not fair to anyone that's not Buffy. I don't know. Hasbro, now that it owns Wizards of the Coast, has announced that they're going to bring a lot of their properties into tabletop gaming, which makes sense, brand integration and all that. They've already brought in their card game Magic the Gathering as a setting for Dungeons & Dragons, which fits well enough. You can't do that for Power Rangers. So that's why the Essence system got built. And the Essence system, as I've talked about before, is a really interesting idea. The testing for it is going to be on three licensed RPGs. Well, licensed, technically. They own it. G.I. Joe, Power Rangers, and Transformers. Power Rangers has decades of continuity at this point. There's a lot of stuff you can play with. It makes total sense that you try something for it. I don't know how you run it because superhero games are a little weird, but it's a great idea. Likewise, Transformers. There's so many ways you can set up that war story. You can set it up on another planet, another time. Amy, you can say that that it's an entirely different faction than the Decepticons. There's Many ways you could do that. G.I. Joe. Okay, so at one point, Wizards of the Coast really wanted to do D20 Modern. D20 Modern is exactly what it sounds like. A version of the D20 system for modern games. The problem is that in that current state, it didn't really work Essence is an attempt to do that again I guess with with Power Rangers and G.I. Joe being the test beds for a new D20 modern but I'm not sure just how varied you can be with G.I. Joe yeah there's technically spy and war antics but it's G.I. Joe what what are you going to do at the end of the day how are you going to advance you're a soldier with a gimmick. Unless you're all, all snake eyes, I don't get what you get out of it. One I actually understand and for that am to do was they have a My Little Pony game. And I actually understand that one and more than G.I. Joe. Yes, really. Because My Little Pony, specifically since it was branded on Friendship is Magic, was kind of turned into a fantasy epic, sort of. Like a very kiddie one, but uh, you were still fighting God, but the ponies were still fighting gods and monsters. I can understand where they were coming from with that. You could still be a unicorn fighting weird demon. Or, or talk trying to befriend the moon, which 
Look, I don't watch My Little Pony. I know enough about it to know, know that there's some quality aspects to it and that it's so weird. The other big one that's trying to be made is Marvel Comics because Marvel's trying to be everywhere right now. Smartly, because Marvel movies are everywhere. Might as well make bank on it. Is they're making their own RPG system, which superhero games are an interesting concept, but with licensed characters like in Marvel, you start getting into continuity issues. Now, if you if you made it so you could just must be any random mutant, enhanced, wizard, whatever. I could see that working. And maybe it could. You'd have to do some work to make the balancing work properly. Because some people just want to be really good with the sword, while others want to be able to shoot laser beams out of their ass. You're, you're going to have to figure out a way to equalize these. And there are ways to do that. It's just going to take a lot of work. DC did used to have one as well, but they had similar issues because it was by their own numbers. The member, the founders of the Justice League were just on entirely different plane means of power and it in the Justice League in comics that makes sense. You don't have stats. They can just be good at various things. Otherwise it it just feels unfair to the guy that really wants to be a Hawkeye or Black Widow when Spider Man's right there. Well friends, with that it's last call. It's time to close the shop. See you later.